All right, good morning. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Brother Dustin, you want to lead us? Amen. Hang on. Mark 3. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. Who knows what we're talking about this morning? Talking about James. I don't, I don't think we're going to get to John. I hope we finish James. But you ever heard of running a rabbit? <laughs> Who wants to run a rabbit with me? <laughs> well, you're going to, whether you want to or not, Brother Troy. Um, not, a bad, not a bad rabbit. But uh, I was studying last night, and I was thinking the whole time I'm thinking about this week, I'm thinking... Well, we're going to take uh, 10 minutes, finish James. We'll go right into John, get a lot of John done, and we'll be in good shape. Well, last night, I was okay, no, that's just, I should have known. That just, it's not going to work. Um, I don't think. We may move really fast. It may surprise me. I might should have brought my notes for John. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> so, anyway, all right, let's read here. Um, Mark chapter Three. Verse thirteen. And he goeth up into a mountain, that's Jesus, and he calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him, and he ordained twelve that they should be with him, and that they might that he might send them forth to preach, and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. And Simon he surnamed Peter. And James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James. And he surnamed them Boanerges, which is the sons of thunder. And Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanite. And Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him. And they went into an house. All right, now verse, uh, let's see. I don't remember. Okay, that's because I was in a different chapter. Now, Mark chapter 1, verse 16. We read this every week. I don't know how. I can't remember it, but I got this other stuff on my mind. Mark 1, 16. Now, as he, Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, Casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Notice, to become. They weren't already. He had to make them. Make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship, mending their nets. And straightway he called them. And left their father Zebed- and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. So we see here we're talking about James. As we've talked, I, 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 did, I think I did this with Peter and Andrew most every Sunday, but I, I haven't really done it with James. But what, what, have, what do we know about James? What things do we know? He's brother of John. Okay, or John was James's brother. That's usually, yeah. What else? He was somehow related to Christ. 
probably cousins. Okay, what else? Fishermen. Okay. First to be martyred. We haven't even got there yet. I think we mentioned it, but yeah, she's right. First apostle to be martyred. Yeah. <laughs> That's that little tag we put with him, ain't it? The apostle of passion. He had passion. Yeah. You go ahead. Don't be afraid to talk just because of. The event that is described in, chapter, in verse 13. Which one? Mark 1. Verse, uh, oh, okay. Chapter 3, verse 13. Yeah. Do you take that to be a separate event? And the reason I ask this is because 14. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him and he might send them forth to preach. Okay. Do you take that might send them forth to preach as a to be in the future or you see where you know where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I do. I, I, I may be wrong about that. Do but you take this event to be separate from when he sent the 70 forth to preach? Yes. And these are part of those 70. That's my opinion. And I, he may even be. And my, all right. So what Jim is asking is, I really need to repeat the questions because sometimes my mama's got, she listens to this for some reason. And she's gotten on to me. She can't hear y'all. So maybe we should pass around the mic. But um, then nobody would talk. Uh, Jim's asking, is this a separate time from when Jesus sent forth 70, two by two, two, by two. to preach and do those things later in his ministry? I have always assumed, yes, I think it's a separate thing. Your thoughts? I think it is too. Okay. I think he's talking about that, possibly, or, or the Word of God is talking about that in this passage, and probably alluding to what they're going to do in the early history of the church. But the description given in the text in both events is... Very similar. Yeah, yeah, it's similar. But yeah, I think different, different, different. My, my, I'm going to hold to that. Yep. So, good question. Thought you said you didn't have any questions. <laughs> good question. Good question. Um, where were? We? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So James, yeah, brother of John, uh, fisherman, passion. Anything else? Okay. Son of Zebedee, what else? (laughs) I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Salome, (laughs) what's his mother? All right, anybody else? Inside joke there for those who don't know why that's funny. Should have been here last week. I'm glad you wasn't. (laughs) Anything else? He was part part of the inner three. Yep, part of the inner three. Peter, James, and John. Where were they from? Where were where was Zebedee's family from? Or where did they have their fishing business? Is that a better question? Region of Galilee, city of what? We talked about this every time we talked about Peter. Capernaum. Capernaum. Good. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good. Put two and two together. Nice. So, yeah, we know some things. So we've learned some things about. Now, I noticed that, you know, when we, I just now noticed this, but it does, it did kind of stand out to me as we read the selection of the 12, the first three or four, he might say, the Bible might say something about, but those last couple, it speeds right through. And that's how it's, I mean, we just don't know a lot. And that's how it's going to be as we study these. There's things to say about some of these. And some of them, we just 
We don't know a lot. So, but we've pulled out more of James than I thought we, we could. Last week we talked about, um, well, we had already talked about them being surnamed Sons of Thunder. And we talked about them wanting to bring, call fire from heaven and kill all these Samaritans that rejected Jesus. And glad they didn't because later that gospel is going to reach there and those, a lot of those same people are going to be saved. So a multitude of people that would have ended up in hell, uh, some of them at least got to go to heaven because it wasn't time for that. They couldn't do it anyway. If it would have needed, needed to be done, Jesus would have done it. And we also looked last time at uh, their mother coming to them <clears throat> and them. And there's a debate. Did they put their mother up to it or did their mother bring it of on her own accord and want James and John to sit in thrones on either side of Jesus in his glory or in the kingdom? Um, and so we talked about that. So now... We move to the end of James's story. <clears throat> and uh, for that, we need to look at Acts chapter 12. Now, thinking about that, I think I asked this last week, and everybody knows the answer. But what is the significance when it says something like, Simon, surnamed Peter, and Andrew, his brother. Or uh, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. What's the significance of that? Uh, either older, more prominent. So the focus is on the first one. Peter and Andrew, his brother. You know, we talked about that last week. If I didn't know Andrew, you could just say, I'm Peter's brother. They'd know who he was. Same thing with John. I don't think that way because John stands out in my mind because of what we have. We have the gospel of John. We've got revelation. We've got the epistles of John. So John seems more prevalent, but it wasn't that way. Yeah, it wasn't that way. The prominent one was James, although we know less. But we wouldn't know less if we didn't have revelation and the epistles and the gospel of John. So the prominent one was James. So in Acts chapter 12, um, and I didn't even turn it, yeah, I did. Acts chapter 12, we're going to see some things. This is where I chased a rabbit. And it's not a bad rabbit at all. It's just some things. <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm like off on some, ta- I, it's a tangent, I guess. But as we come through these things and we study these things, if it's something I think people don't know, I want to adre- address it. Whether or not it's related to James or not, if God points it out and puts it in my heart, I'm going to talk about it. If it lands, great. If it don't, well, okay, it's up to you. But I was reading this last night, and just things kept popping out to me in the first three verses of this. Now, now read with me, okay? Don't read ahead. You may have already read ahead, Jim. But don't <laughs> read with me because <laughs> there's some things I want to catch before we get to certain parts, okay? So... Verse 12 of Acts says, now, about that time, stop. About what time? What's going on? Persecution of the church. By who? 
Well, no, not yet. That's why I was saying, don't read ahead. Not yet. Now about that time, what's going on? Well, the church is being persecuted by who? Of course, the Romans, yeah, yeah. The occupiers, yeah. Who else? There's a very prominent figure that was persecuting the church. Paul. Now, he had just got saved when you read this, Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Paul was just saved in your Bible a couple of chapters earlier. Time-wise, very shortly before this, Paul was saved. So the church is being persecuted. But what else is going on in the middle of the persecution? We have to flip back. What does persecution always do to the church? We don't want it. We don't want it. (laughs) But it always, always lights a fire in the church. Persecution is going to bring that. Now, it's coming. And we've heard that over and over and over. And we've heard it so much, we just kind of dismiss it. But but it's coming. Um, But but here, the church is being persecuted. But what, what else is going on? There's a famine in the land. The people are suffering. The church is being persecuted. But the church is growing. Peter just had his experience there with Cornelius. He'd already preached at Pentecost. He goes to the house of Cornelius, and who gets the gospel? Not the Jews. The Gentiles now have the gospel. So even though there's heavy persecution, the church is starting to grow and branch out. So about that time, about that time, Herod the king, all right, stop. (laughs) Tell me some things you know about Herod. Okay, tell me about that. He said, baby Jesus. Okay, trying to find that promised Messiah, he killed one. He sent his men to kill all children two and under. Right? What else do you know about Herod? Anybody? Okay, at the uh, accusation of Christ, right before they crucified him. They sent Jesus to Herod. Anything else? Herod. Nothing else about Herod? Anybody remember any interaction John the Baptist had with him? Nobody remembers that? He took his head. Herod killed, had John the Baptist killed. Anything else? Is that it? Oh, yeah, yeah, but he had him killed. He was the, yeah. 
Yeah, he had him killed. Yeah, she's right. I mean, you know, the story is, uh, I don't, we'll go look at a bit of it, but I don't want to really read the whole thing. But the account goes that, yeah, I mean, uh, the daughter of Herodias danced before him during this ungodly event they had, and he promised her anything she wanted. She asked because her mother told her for the head of John the Baptist. And because he didn't want to be embarrassed in front of all the other lords there, he provided it, even though he didn't want to. Is that it about hearing? Okay. He had, he had a pretty bad end. And now we will look at that. It ain't far. Is it in the same? It's in the same chapter. So that's Herod. Okay. Now, this is what kind of came up in my mind and what I want to point out. And when we hit things like this, I want to point it out. Okay, we're talking about different Herods. Now, nine out of ten people don't realize that. That's why I want to talk about it. These are different Herods. Um, the first that we talk about is, or that we read about, I think, is what we call or know as in history Herod the Great. That's the Herod of the birth of Jesus. The wise men came to see King Herod, Herod the Great. They told him about the Messiah. Herod the Great sent his people to kill all the children under the age of two. That's one Herod, Herod the Great. He had some children. One of them, um, they... Uh, they called Antipas, Herod Antipas, and that's the Herod that took the head of John the Baptist. Herod the great son, Herod Antipas, took the head of John the Baptist. And then you have Herod Agrippa, the first. That's the Herod of Acts chapter 12 that kills John, that kills James, that's reaches out, persecutes the church, and that ultimately, we'll, we'll read here in just a second, the end he meets. And he had some children. Now, um, the Herod of Acts chapter 12, known as Agrippa I, that was not Herod the great son. Okay, that was his grandson. It wasn't Herod Antipas's son. It was his nephew. So this is not necessarily... Okay, so you got Herod the Great, baby Jesus. You got Herod Antipas, his son, okay, killed John the Baptist. You've got his nephew, Herod Agrippa I, here kills James in Acts chapter 12. And then later, um, Paul is captured and stands before some people. Felix, Festus, all that takes place in Acts chapter 24, 25, 26, places like that. But a king comes when he's standing before Felix and really, and, and he utters a statement. Well, Paul ends up appealing to Caesar and the king comes and says, 
I would have set this guy loose. If he hadn't appealed to Caesar, you know who that was? Herod, Agri- Herod Agrippa II, the son of this one in Acts chapter 12. All these different Herods, you've got to be careful. Now, you preachers better put this in your pocket. <laughs> because when you preach and you mention Herod, you better make sure you talk about the same one. You've got to be careful with these names. No, because you're only talking about, I mean, you know, two, like the year two or three. You talk about baby Jesus, and then John the Baptist was killed in about A.D. 36, and then you had this happening in Acts chapter 12 around A.D. 44, and then you had Paul standing before Festus Felix and King Agrippa comes around A.D. 55 or 60. So a span of 60 years, you've got four Herods. So it's easy to be all intertwined. But it is, and you need to understand the difference. So, Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now about that time, now you have more context. Herod, now you have more context. Herod the king. Stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. Why did he do that? What do you have against the church? We don't bother anybody. We try to follow the laws. Which means what? Upset his power base? It upsets some people. But he stretches forth his hand to vex the church. The Jews held a the leaders of the Jews held a fairly prominent place around there, and you can go back and read all the things, but these, these governors like Pilate wanted to keep peace and all this kind of stuff, so they struck deals with the leaders of the Jews. So when they get upset, they pay attention. And the Jews are upset. Why? What did we just talk about? About that time. The church is growing. The Jews, the leaders of the Jews, don't want the church to grow. And so you have these stalwarts of the church like Peter and like James and like John and others growing the church and doing things and reaching out into different parts and it upsets the Jews. So Herod stretches forth his hand to vex certain of the church. Now, another reason I think is because it's in his family line. We just read about Herod the Great, his granddaddy. Herod Antipas, his uncle, they vexed the church too. Now, you know, at that time, especially with Herod the Great, wasn't necessarily known as the church, but Jesus and his followers were, were constantly being tormented by these Herods. Um, so he's, he's going to vex a certain of the church. Does anybody know what vex means? To confuse, to harass. Where'd you get that at? <laughs> in the notes. <laughs> in the middle, right there in the middle between the verses. Okay. It does. It means to agitate, to harass, stir up. Oh, they stirred them up. Not in the way they wanted to. To vex. 
It literally means to injure to the point of despair. That's what he wanted to do. Didn't work. Made it worse. So he's going to reach forth his hand to vex a certain of the church. And he kills, and he killed James. Brother John with the sword. Now why would he do that? His purpose was to vex the church. Why would he kill James first? I believe he was doing more than Peter. We're just not told about it. That's my belief. I mean, if you want to stop this movement and you got people reaching all these people and people not hardly reaching anybody, which one are you going to stop? Those that are being the most effective. So why did he kill James? Because James was being effective. Now, you have to read between the lines to see that. We're not told anything that James does. But he obviously did. Why would he kill him otherwise? He wouldn't. So he kills James. Well, and that makes sense as well that he was prominent at this time because go back to the first word of that. Now about that time, about that time, Peter had been beginning his ministry to the Gentiles. I don't know what chapter it's in off the top of my head, but there is a recounting of Peter coming back to Jerusalem and basically defending his going to the Gentile nations. It's right before this, chapter 11. Okay. I mm-hmm. probably wasn't paying attention last week. No, we didn't talk about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's right before Acts, it's right at, before at this. Any, at any point, it's reasonable to assume that Peter has been absent for a while, so James would have been doing more in the local area there than, than Peter would have. Where he could get a hold of him. Right. But he's doing something. Yes. That's the point. He's visible. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to kill him for nothing. So he's out here doing something. Um, let me read this real quick. I, had to take, I just saw it this morning. I had to take a screenshot of it when I was looking over this. But talking about the church, listen to something. I This is from a guy that I, I, I read after, but I didn't see this in his writings on James, but Here's something he said. I think we, every one of us, ought to be humiliated or humbled every time we pick up the books of Acts and read the glory that attended the life of that first church. Now, they were doing it. And they paid the price. The first one that paid the price, as far as the apostles go, is James. This is the only time you see him without his brother. When he dies. So he killed James, verse 2. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. <clears throat> Anybody notice anything funny about that verse? Not funny, haha, but like odd. Okay. Yep, Jonathan thinks the sword sticks out to him because he beheaded him, didn't crucify him. That's good. Anything else? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, killed him. You'll miss it. What's that? Aha. Uh-huh. Is that what you were going to say? Or are you saying something? He said the roles are, are reversed. So every other time you read about James and John, how do we read it? James and John, his brother. John, James and John, the brother of James. Predominant one, James. Secondary one, John. Every time, it's John, the brother of James. What is it here? It's James, the brother of John. It's reversed. James is dead. And so now... His little brother is going to be the predominant one. So you'll miss it if we don't stop and read it slowly sometimes. He kills James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Now, why would he take Peter? Well, we just, same, same reason. He's doing something. He's growing the church. He's expanding the ministry. So, at the end of this verse, there's something else I, I do want to talk about. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And verse 4 says this, And when he had apprehended him, that's when Herod had apprehended Peter, He put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. That's a lot. (laughs) They didn't want him getting out. Intending after, you don't have to say it out loud, but I want you to take note what word is next in your Bible. Easter. To bring him forth to the people. So, unleavened bread. Then were the days of unleavened bread. What does that mean? What does it mean? What are they talking about, the days of unleavened bread? Well, kind of tied to that. So, you had these feasts of Israel. And we've talked about this a long time ago when we talked about the end times. But all you need to know right now is that one of the feasts was Passover. And another feast later was the feast of first fruits. But in the middle, you had seven days that they called the days of unleavened bread. So you had Passover, the days of unleavened bread, and the feast of first fruits. That's the order. Okay, so if he's taken Peter during the days of unleavened bread, has Passover already happened or is it about to happen? It's not a trick question. It's already happened. That's very important. What if I change the word Easter in verse 4 to the word Passover? change the timeline so you're telling me that 
the word Easter and the word Passover are not interchangeable. Is that what you're saying? I hope that's what you're saying. See, the Christians during that time, they couldn't openly celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We don't know what that's like. They couldn't do it. So they timed it to happen during the Roman feast of, how'd they pronounce it? Eostra, something like that, which became known as Easter. So they had this celebration when the Romans were having their celebration so that they could celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ without being slaughtered. That's what they did. Now, the Roman celebration was also a celebration of resurrection, but not of Jesus Christ, of the land and stuff. Think about in the fall how everything dies. This happened in around April. Think about in the fall when everything dies. In the spring, everything Starts growing again, new life, resurrection. That's what, the, that's what the Romans celebrated in that Easter ceremony. Okay? So, if I change the word pass, uh, Easter to Passover, that's a problem. Why, why is it a problem? Because it's not correct. Passover's already happened. So you can't have Passover, you can't have Peter getting arrested during the days of unleavened bread, and then the Bible says something like, Herod intended after, he, after Passover was over to, to bring him forth. Passover's already happened. The Bible means what it says. It said Easter. That's exactly what it means. And that's the, the true text. Why am I pointing this out? <laughs> I ain't shaming on anybody. I'm just telling you how it is. Let me read this. American Standard Version, New King James Version, Revised Standard Version, New International Version, New Living Translation, the Amplified Bible, Christian Standard Bible, (coughs) English Standard Version, Geneva Bible, Good News Bible, Holman Christian Standard Bible, Living Bible, New American Standard Bible, all of them change Easter to Passover. Is that an error? Is it an error? Yes. It's not a trick question again. I ain't tricking you. It's an error. Now, what you do with that is up to you. But I'm telling you, words matter. The text says Easter. It means Easter. It don't mean Passover. Why? Because Passover had already happened, and that would mean there was an error in the King James Bible, and I don't think there's a single one. I can't say that about the others. I just showed you one. That's the rabbit hole. That's the rabbit hole I wanted to chase. Now, I'm not bashing these things, but I'm saying if I can't trust, if I can't trust it, I don't want it. If there's one error, how many are there? If the Bible, you'll see in some, some other versions, I don't have to name them, they'll leave out the last half of, I uh, forgot, going blank on what chapter it is. One of the chapters in Mark, maybe. Leaves it out, half the text, half the chapter, not even there. There's a reference that says, this section of scripture is not in the oldest manuscripts. Well, get out of here. The oldest ain't the best. 
Study what that means for yourself, but it's true. So if that's left out, what else is left out? Brother Troy, what if they said, come down later and say, hey, John 3.16 ain't really in there. We in trouble. We in trouble. So what does it mean when it says Easter? It means Easter. It don't mean Passover, and that's different. Okay? So he brings forth James. I've got to finish. I don't know what time it is, but I'm going to finish. Later, Herod goes on down to, is it Caesarea? Herod goes down somewhere at the end of chapter 12. Okay, Tyre and Zidon. Okay. Look at this. Acts chapter 12, verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God, not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. This is that Herod that just killed James, and that took Peter. Immediately, the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Persecution, persecution, persecution. God saves Paul. God kills Herod. And just like that, the great threat of the church has stayed for a while. And the church grows and prospers. But guess what? James ain't there to see it. He gave his life. He gave his life for it, but he didn't get to see it. History tells us, now this is not scripture. So be careful when you read about history. Not all history is actually true. (laughs) Not all things, okay, history is true. Not all things claimed to be in history actually happen. History records that James, right up to the moment of his death, this comes from Clement, and if you do anything about the apostles, you'll read about him. Listen to this. Clement says that the one who led James to the judgment seat, a Roman, when he saw him bearing his testimony was moved and himself became a Christian. They were both therefore led together, and on the way he asked James to forgive him. James considered and said, Peace be with thee, and kissed him, and thus they were both beheaded at the same time. All the way to the end, if that's true, all the way to the block on which he would lay his head, he was trying to win others for Christ. And in that, he becomes a lot like Andrew. Not so much the one that wanted to call fire down from heaven and kill a bunch of people, but the one that wanted to see others come to Christ. So God took his passion and his zeal that was unrefined and turned it into something that he could use for his honor and his glory. It has to be tempered with love. Zeal is a good thing. Passion is a good thing. But it has to be tempered with love. And James the Apostle shows us that. And that's the end of James. So next time, we will start on John, Lord willing. Peter, Andrew, and James. And next, we'll look at John. All right. Brother Troy, you want to dismiss us?